everyone. Welcome back to Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. I am your host, Greg Scott. With me, I've got two most excellent bros. Who is with me today? Jay Beaverton. The Irish Giant. So if you are a returning listener, then you know the deal. If you are a new listener, we are a podcast that talks literally about the title. We talk about beard stuff, which is kind of a catch-all that does uh, beard products, manly-ish things. It's whatever we can think of. It gets tossed into that. We do a bruise portion which is a brewed beverage, most likely beer, but not necessarily. You know, it could be kombucha or something in there. We do a bourbon section, which a lot of times is us tasting bourbons, giving it a review. Uh, a lot of times we'll go make our favorite, you know, winter or summer cocktail because those are always fun to make. And sometimes we toss in some journal articles, whatever we can find that might be interesting. And then if you stay to the end, we have the silent B, which is the R-rated version of the show. That's just us talking. What do we talk about? I don't know. What do we usually talk about in the Silent View? It's like random stuff that we see that's kind of in the internet. It's a lot, a lot of it very respected technology, I would say fads and not necessarily fads, but like like trends and and also like maybe a weird question one of us thought of in the shower or bath. If one of us takes the bath, I don't know. Anybody take a bath here? Hygiene's a normal bath. So yeah. Okay. Okay. We're all cool. Yeah. So yeah, basically stuff like that. Shower talks. Shower talks. Hashtag shower talk. Is that the new title now? No. <laughs> shower talk is a new one. I said shower thoughts, but but shower talk could be another one. We're gonna open a beer and uh, get in the shower and yeah. start drinking and talking. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it does sound pretty horrible. Yeah. Uh, it better be a can. Don't go in there with a glass bottle. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I have broken glass in the shower. Right, or at least put a koozie on that thing. Or, or what's it called for, for, for bottles? Is it something different? No, I guess it's, it's not. It's a I don't koozie, know. I think. If you know about bottled koozies, call in right now. <laughs> that would be cool. We, we need to do like straight up call in. <laughs> and get great audio quality like that on the phone calls? Hell yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's me. I literally am scraping the, the cooktop of my stove while we're. That's my bad. I just, you know, I've been meaning to do it and I, I just, I just so, got this new. So you decided, you decided to scrape the, your stove while you're doing a podcast when the host mentioned audio quality not five minutes ago. I didn't think that, that, that my, my shitty headphones would pick that up. So, I mean, I could stop, but I'm making progress here. So. Today was chore day. Today was chore day. I did a lot of laundry and stuff, but the, the cooktop mm. is just I'll stop. Quality content. This past wait, last pass. Oh man, that's great! Great content. Great audio content right yep. there. So For those ASMRs, Peter just provided oh, you yeah. some high quality content. Right. Scraping his uh, stove. I could do that. I could do the NPR voice. What I'm doing now is I'm wrapping my hand around razor blade in case you know. Blue piece of plastic drifting it over the cooktop at a 30 degree angle as indicated in the instructions. Just go gentle, gentle, like this. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, is, this is getting cut out. I, I have a feeling. All right, well, that was a fun introduction to the show. New listeners, mm -hmm. we're sorry, old listeners, you get what you expect. Yep, basically, you get what you pay for, which in this case is. All right, moving on to the beards portion of the show. I'm going to introduce the next segment. How do you like that? You know, we haven't done any beard stuff for a while, so we're going to kind of, I know, stick with the uh, the facial area, as we say, and uh, talk about cigars. 
and uh, I love cigars. I know that my friends uh, Irish Giant and Greg Scott also love cigars. I, I like them a little bit more. Now, Irish Giant found, um, he actually reminded me of a different style that we have not had yet, or I haven't had in a while, the Candela. Now, if you don't know what a Candela is, not to be confused with candle or Yankee candles or that kind of thing, it's actually a, a green shade of wrapper tobacco. And usually you'll maybe maybe you've heard of Connecticut or you've heard of Maduro. Like Connecticut's usually like the lighter one. Maduro is the darker one. Candela is a very it's a shade of green. And of course, when you see green, you think maybe you think the little Mary Jane. That is not correct. Candela actually has a heat curing process that fixes the chlorophyll, chlorophyll, chlorophyll content of the wrapper while it's still in the barn. That's also referred to as a double claro, which I have never heard of, but thank you, Internet, for telling me that. And uh, interestingly enough, from about 1958 to the early 1970s, Americans smoked uh, a lot of cigars, and a lot of them were candelas. If you look like in the, like the movies between that time, I think you will see like actors, if they are smoking a cigar, it looks green. And maybe people thought there, oh, maybe it is merging. It's not. It's actually the candela wrapper. And apparently they were so popular in the United States that the term American Market Selection, abbreviated as AMAS, AMS, excuse me, was created by the uh, importer of Cuban cigars at the time to designate green or candela wrap cigars from the normal stuff. Basically to make candela, the tobacco barn or casa de tobacco for our Spanish listeners, has to be properly prepped. Apparently, the walls of the wooden barn are wallpapered with cardboard or paper to seal the cracks. The barn is then loaded with freshly harvested tobacco, and the vents at the bottom of the barn are open and encouraging the air to flow out the roof vent, known as the doghouse, interestingly enough, as well, too, which is always open. The propane heaters or charcoal fires are lit, and the heat slowly rises, taking the moisture out of the leaves. That's a really interesting process. You don't see a lot of candela cigars anymore that i've that i've seen i've only maybe smoked one or two in my life and i i'd say that the ones i have smoked are either the acid ones from drew estate or the kentucky fire cured which is also from drew estate but like the the candela is kind of on the end of the cigar it doesn't really start at the beginning where you light it so other than that i don't know too much about the candela candela wrapper to be honest well you basically took everything i was going to say so <laughs> Dick, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right. my, my, purpose, my uh, personal favorite is is the uh, Arturo Fuente. Uh, puts out a really nice Candela. I've never had a bad Arturo Fuente cigar ever, um, and it, it's a good. I think it's a good cigar for people who are just starting out. Um, you know, it's it's on the milder side. It's it's sweeter. Uh, it's got more of like a, a grassy uh, taste to it. And keep in mind too, it's it's just the majority of the time. It's just the outside, it's just the wrapper. The inside um, sometimes is going to give you a little bit more of that heavy um, fermented, you know, traditional cigar tobacco flavor. Um, but I, I like it. It's something good if you're drinking a nice, light, mild beer. You know, maybe like a, a half weissen or, or something like that. Um, it's not gonna. It's not something you would want to drink with like a porter or a stout because it would get totally overpowered. So if you're just looking for a nice, you know, beginner cigar or just something that's not going to knock your socks off, you know, you're outside having some drinks and it's hot out and you just want something refreshing. I think that's like the best cigar to go with a nice, light, refreshing beer. And that's all I have to say about that. 
That's cool. I had actually never heard of Candela until we talked about it in the, the pre-show run-up. Yeah, the Candela cigars, uh, yeah, I definitely agree that they are lighter. And they do go well with uh, lighter beers as well, too. So it's, Chase, I'm trying to identify. It's kind of, it's the, the chlorophyll, the, I guess grass would be, grass or like light wheat would be the, the taste I would get off the wrapper. Off the top of my head, but yeah, the tobacco on the inside should be the, give you the normal smoke that you want. Doing some quick internet searches here, and I uh, see that JFK was uh, notoriously known for smoking these, which is kind of cool. Hmm. I mean, because like if you look at the the video quality, you probably can't tell it's a, a green because you know the what the late fifties, early sixties kind of shit mm. quality <laughs> for their right. video, at least their uh, news video. But yeah, you Close. smoke them, mm -hmm. and then I see that apparently you can grow them anywhere. Basically, like uh, you can grow them in Florida, apparently. Because it's the the process is not necessarily any particular leaf that's associated with it. It's just the process that they go through the the doghouse that Jim had mentioned earlier. And yeah, it's uh, I know lot, like Drew Estate has a barn thing here in Florida as well too. So yeah, it's I mean Tampa Tampa was like the the the, was the cigar city to to steal a term for for a long time after the uh, Cubans left uh, Cuba because of the revolution. So a lot of them migrated up here. So Florida was a huge cigar producing state for a, for a long time yeah yeah tampa yeah, tampa is definitely known for i mean literally cigar city brewing but also cigar city there in ebor city and that's where all that's all the cuban well i say all but a huge percentage of uh, the immigrants came through and set up shop and there used to be all sorts of freaking cigar like hand-rolled cigars through there which is cool if you're ever in tampa and ebor area it's a fun place to kind of go through and look at get hand-rolled cigars there so i don't know if they for have sure. candelas might be i've never seen one there but I'm pretty yeah. sure if you ask for one, they could they could get they could provide you one. They 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 are out there. You just have to you have to look closely for them. Yeah. So is it like like I know like the Maduros, which are darker, mm -hmm. much much darker in color because you're aged for a while, but they're also kind of sweet to some extent. Yeah, but you also don't get like the 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 oiliness that that nice thick kind of. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, you you know you you get that nice thick kind of 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 oily. I guess it's from the the, the um, fermentation process that you don't get with candelas because it's not you know it's not fermented. The the process for for producing it is way faster than your typical you know uh, wrapping tobacco. So it's I don't know if you if you want to look at it in one way, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of an uncomplicated you know tobacco or uncomplicated uh, cigar. But you you know if you want something like I said that's mild, that's sweet, that's uh, you know a good beginner cigar, then it's it's the way to go. Yeah, I would definitely if if you like sweet. I would definitely go with the acids because acid uh, makes a candela. Uh, it looks like a cigarello, but it comes. But it's a cigar. Uh, there's no filter, and it comes in the box in any humidor uh, store that you want to go into. I'm fairly acids are pretty well distributed, so again, it's gonna be it's gonna be light. It's gonna be sweet. So if, if you like those two things, definitely pick up an acid. Uh, and to, and to clarify, the acid is a brand. Yes, of cigars. Yes, thank you, Greg. I I always forget because like I've been. I've been in the game for a minute like uh oh it's no. got acid in it no it, it doesn't it's just a it's an acronym for something i forget what it is off the top of my head oh i didn't even know that yeah true estates acid cigars yeah it's yep. true estates right? true estates okay so you, you mentioned cigaretto and you mentioned a cigar so what would you, you mean a cigarillo the, the two there oh my cigarillo. god you're, you're so white dude Six. No. Yes, no, I am. Other, there's no. There's no. no okay, look. Okay, here. stop. There's no little thing aboard. There's no little thing aboard above the two double L's. 
Right, and don't you think that little like the little squiggly line above the double L's before? Hold you on. First of all, there is no. A, it's L. called a tilde, and there is no tilde over the double L's. There's a tilde over the N over the NBA, right. but there's no. Yeah, L is okay. Wise sound. So all right, yeah. okay. So I, I, well, I'm, being, I'm gonna embrace my whiteness and say cigarello because that's how I've heard it <laughs> told to me. So, so can we get a definition <laughs> versus the description of the word? But what's the difference there? Cigarellos are more mass produced. Um, like they're a lot more like like you you see them in the like a black and mild, a black and mild is a cigarello. Uh, white owl cigarello. But Drew Estates also Drew Estates yeah, also small. makes cigarillos though they in their little tins like the ten or fifteen packs too. So Cat's uh, telling you no, no, no. But he's right. No, no the Drew Estate does make cigarellos in a tin, but they but they're not filtered. That's the thing is like some. Like uh, a black and miles will come with like the, the thing on the end that is is has a filter on it, and again, it is mass produced on the Drew Estate end as well too. But they put more care into their uh, products than again, it's made in the factory. A lot of their stuff is hand rolled that Drew Estate does, even yeah, the smaller stuff. That Drew Estate, you're still going to get that more natural flavor than you would if you bought a pack of White Owls and smoked them outside of a Seven Eleven. Yeah, because all those Seven Eleven, they're using they're using the scraps, you know, that's that's left over. Whereas you're getting like the the long fillers still. Even if they're cut down smaller, you're going to get like the long fillers and the more you know reputable, a little bit more expensive, well-known mm-hmm. brands. So. Yeah. And as someone who smoked, I've smoked Black and Miles, and they smoke a lot faster than Drew Estate ones because they, again, they, you've got it. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to come on and say it. There's garbage tobacco in them. And yeah. They, well, it's also the the outside's also you know paper too. Half the time, right. it's not actual tobacco leaves, so it just burns oh, like. True. Yeah. Oh, that's crap. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Because again, it's mass produced, so they're going to use the cheapest products possible. Paper. Yeah. Besides, if you if you're emptying them out just to roll a blunt, you know, what do you hear? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I want my long leaf tobacco. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, that was fun. So hopefully, everyone got a little educated on the candela and uh, did a little bit of leaf and tobacco types there. Candela, Connecticut, and Maduro are the three, I'd say, larger, well-known leaf wrapping for tobacco, for cigars. Indeed. I'm ready for a beer. I'm ready for a beer, too. That's a great segue. So let's move on from the brew, uh, sorry, the beards portion. Let's move into the brews portion. And what do we got today, guys? I'll let Irish share and take the lead because he chose it. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I want you to do it. No, I want. No, you, you already you already stole no, my no, no. the cigar. No, I, so, you're right. You know, I just, stole you know. your cigar bit, so you should do the beer. Uh, I guess, but I wanted to just drink it. Come on. All right. So what do we? I, I don't know. I just thought everybody's doing the um, the Oktoberfest, so I just figured you know we'd jump on the, that bandwagon and actually get one from uh, Germany. Uh, so this is the Einger Oktoberfest Marzen. It is just like I think all beers have to be in Germany produced with the uh, German purity law. It's only got the four ingredients, which is pretty standard. Um, it's coming at 5.8%, uh, 25 IBUs. And I, I, I like this one because this is something that you could actually drink or with the the cigar that we were that we were talking about with the candela, because I it's not super, super 
strong. It, it looks like it might be a little stronger because it's got that nice copper red color to it, but it's it's very smooth. It's very sweet. It's got just a little bit of swi- uh, spice, but it's it's just a nice high gravity, low alcohol, good quote unquote drinking beer for me. So, you know, and it's, 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 it's got that standard, you know, uh, Marzen look to it. It is a little light in color, but you can look at it and and see, it's not like a Budweiser. It's, it's got some depth to it, but it's not too crazy. So that's why I think it's a good going hand in hand with the Candela. So give it a, give it a sip and see what you guys think. See, you did it. That sounded great. Yay. Prost. Prost. Yeah, it's got really pretty color. I mean, it's nice and amber. Yeah. The nose, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on with his nose. You don't get the sweet on that? A little bit of caramel? Maybe. Not not tons. Some spice. You're not going to, that's the thing. You're not going to get a whole, whole lot because of the, you know, the four ingredients deal with the, the right. purity law. But. but if you, but the thing was with Marzen is they keep, was, oh gosh, what was it? They produced it in the spring. Yeah, because Marzen, Marzen, yeah, because Marzen means March, March right. beer or March brew. And they keep it in the barrels until October, and then they that's when they drink it during the harvest. Yep, yep. Okay, harvest beer, nice. Was it three or four ingredients for the German purity law? I forget. I thought it was water, four. hops, malt, barley. Bar- I think barley. four. Okay, okay, then yeah, okay, yeah, because they don't add any artificial yeast. They don't do no start. Yeah. So, I mean, I like like farmhouse like yeast. I like the, but that's that's a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Anyway, you guys try it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking it right now. Got a good yeah. mouthfeel. A little bit of sweetness, some spice, um, some tart tanginess. I'm getting a little bit, but overall very drinkable. I don't think it. Uh, and the the 25 IBUs, I don't even. Oh, I would no never think that the IBU was that high. So yeah, it's it's. Yeah, like I said, this is just an easy drinking beer. Well, you don't want that when you're, you're getting in that stein, that like that huge liter stein. You don't want to have a lot of yeah. hops if you want to be drinking this for for a yeah. good solid forty five minutes. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely share this with a Fraulein and uh, you know, a little, little schnitzel, a little, little schnitzel, maybe. yeah, yeah. Rotwurst. Yeah, Weisswurst. Yeah, actually, a nice Weisswurst might be would be good with this. Yeah, that's a nice drinker. Easy drinker. Not complex, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, nope, that's what I was saying. Yeah, if you're not feeling complex. Yeah, it's not. It's just the it's just the four ingredients and your basic I'm not gonna say no frills beer because it does have taste, it does have character. It's just not super, super in depth. It's just, you know, it's yeah. got a pretty color, it's got a great taste. Mm-hmm. And you can sit out there, you could drink a couple, you know, out in the heat while you're smoking on your candela stogie, which is what I'd be doing right now if I had a candela, but I don't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Marzins are pretty popular right now. Uh, I was just at two Oktoberfests yesterday, and they, they both had a Marzin on tap. I think the one at Sideward I had was called Sausage Fingers. That was pretty <laughs> nice good. Name. I like that one. And then, oh, God, Streets of Gold was the one I had at Red Light, Red Light, which are, again, people that are not from Florida, Sideward is a brewery that is located near downtown Orlando. And then Red Light, Red Light is a craft beer bar. Also, like, Located near downtown, but more Korean Korean Drive, which is kind of in like the more of a bungalow bungalow neighborhood, of West Orlando. End area, right? West End Market or East End? I always get no, that it's, mixed up. It's near where Big Daddy's is, which is a karaoke. We used to be. It's a dive bar, and then yeah, that's like a record a shop bar. right there. Yeah, I do miss Red Light. Red Light. I was having a hankering for going there a couple of weeks ago. Well, I was working yesterday morning, and I'm like, 
and then everybody decided to hold their Oktoberfest yesterday. So I'm like, I'll play at least two of them, which is what I did. Well, darn if I have to, you know, I guess I'll bite the bullet on that. I guess I'll drink beers with you guys. Ah, that's hard. <laughs> oh, man. I was at, uh, they had, both of them had tents, but the second red light had a full Oompa band and it started <laughs> nice. raining, pouring down. And they were still playing. So, you know, what commitment that, hey, they committed to it and they, they pulled it off. So, yeah, that's commitment playing outside in Florida any time of the year. Yeah, <laughs> that's commitment. Right. And in full leader hosen. In the full oh. dress too. Yeah. These are my wool socks with my wool underwear with my wool pants. Or sorry, shorts, because mm-hmm. they're leaderism. Oh yeah, they were they're jamming. But yeah, it was just like uh oh my gosh, it was a it was a flood. But hey, if you're on uh, Instagram, if you want to see that video, follow me at GA Beaverton and it is up there if you want to see it. If you want a visual component of what I'm talking about. Well. That's uh, it's kind of hard to dive too deep into a four ingredient beer, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, 25 IBUs. Like I, I kind of taste them. It's not like it's, it has some bitterness to it. Right. A um, little bit, a little bit, not it's a not lot. super sugary. I don't recall it, but it wasn't like bitter by any means, but it wasn't sweet either. But I had, it. I did have it in the boot. I remember to turn it sideways to avoid the bubble. <laughs> Thank you. Beer fest for reminding me of that. Thanks beer fest. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't take a lot. I, I, I maybe my mind palette is different. I just don't get a lot of sweetness from most Marzins. There are some that there's some that do because there's some there in the can that sit for a while and like they'll come out early and they'll sit in the can. And I think that's where the sugar kind of compounds, I would say. Because, like, I, is it, I think I remember reading this as a beer sits, it, the, the sugars change in the can a little bit, bit by bit, even though there's no light. Because I mean, you're, st- you're still a solution that's uh, that's going to change over time. So I think you're going to get more. The longer it sits from its canned on or bottled on date, the more it's going to change. I don't have a chemistry degree, so I'm just going to go with okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to go back and to the four ingredient. You got to be impressed by the the different variety of beers that you get from four ingredients. You know, I mean, I I think that's I think that's pretty dope. I mean, you know, Germany's been producing and exporting beer for mm. ages and they're doing it right so since the dark ages literally yeah and it's all about but it's not just about like ingredients too it's about like aging and when you produce like again you could drink this beer young and it would be different beer it's the aging process yeah. and the storage it makes all you the difference throw it in yeah 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 and yeah, water you throw it in you know and in, 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 in charred wooden barrels it's going to pick up stuff too i mean it's just but you know ratios where the water comes from i mean there's all different yeah, there's water, all different yeah the minerals you know how long it ferments yeah yeah beer it's science it is oh yeah literally it is it's liquid bread man <laughs> delicious alcoholic science well i think we've explored all the science and all the beerness we're going to get out of that brew so i think we're going to move on into the bourbon portion of the show and so for the bourbon portion again we kind of mix things up sometimes sometimes we sample bourbon sometimes we give you some news today we're going to talk to you about uh, an article jim found which is kind of fun it's it's i want you to take a mental image here think back if you're a bourbon drinker or not but think time you know the first time you ever had bourbon and you know what did you like it did you not like it are there good bourbons to start with or they're all trash and just drink whatever you want so this article is kind of fun i'll let jim lead us into that 
the article I did find was from Uproxx, uh, which is they've gotten fairly like they're more popular now than they were before, but they, they've been around for a minute. They're not like Buzzfeed or anything, but still they're they're kind of in that zone of like not trash articles, but they they every once in a while is like, <laughs> what kind of animal are you? What kind of what kind of Muppet baby are you? But uh, no, they actually did a, a decent one here. I think they uh, kind of talking about again what we run into is to is uh, starter whiskey, starter bourbons. Everybody's into bourbon now, it seems. I know that the local uh, wine barn that I uh, frequent, there's a line outside the door on Fridays because I know they've gotten their delivery the day previously. But yeah, they're looking for chasers. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, I call them bourbon vultures. Is what I call them. They're because they're like circling the building, <laughs> waiting. And all oh, they got, they got burned this week. There was no allocation this week. Oh man, you were not happy. But you know what? Good for good. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. If you weren't happy. I, I see them on Facebook. They like literally like chase vans or trucks down. Like oh, the truck's going to X Y Z store. I want to follow it. You know. Yeah, so, and they don't realize that. Time. Yeah. Right. And they don't realize that they you need they need time to check it in. They need time to take it off the truck, check it in. They can't just give it to you as soon as it comes in. But people don't seem to understand that. And I've seen dudes come in and like we're full workout gear, walking their dogs into the into the wine barn. It's it's uh, pretty crazy. But you want to find something new. You want to start off with like stuff that you never had before. And since it is Bourbon and Heritage Month, Heritage Month, excuse me. Yes, it is. There's no better time to dip your toes into the world of bourbon whiskey and find out what you like, what you don't like. And of course, we all know, well, most of us know the kind of the king, the most well-known, the white label uh, king of bourbons, Jim B. And that is the first one on the list. Right. We should we should preface that. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off here, Jim. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so what's kind of interesting about this article is it's like bourbon aficionados or and like bartenders kind of describing their favorite bourbon and also like some uh what do you call them not influencers but they you know they what, what's the word looking for aficionados yeah. influencer yeah. okay yeah, you, know, you know this is a ceo from some bar you know casex or something so it's kind of like a wide range of people involved in like their favorite like starter bourbons right so it's mm. not just like you know, three dudes in the podcast. It's it's a whole <laughs> range of people doing it. All right, that's my preamble. Four dudes in the podcast. That'd be a good podcast name. Four dudes in a podcast. That would be a spinoff. But no, uh, again, Jim Beam White Label. We all know. We've all seen it. Uh, that's moved, classic, man. It is. It's moved to plastic bottles and the handles, which I don't necessarily. Uh, come on, man. We're like post-plastic world, right? We should be moving away right, from that's plastic. That's what I thought. And uh, I, I just, I've seen the Jim Beam cases and they're, they're plastic now. So, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's cheap. Again, they're he's like Ibani Major, a Master Blender Bourbon, Bourbon Women Board Member. That's cool. Founder yeah, that's and cool. CEO of Major Whiskey uh, rates it pretty fairly. It's usually about $19. Again, it's a well-balanced starter is what she says. Apparently it's uh, always inexpensive, but surprisingly favorable with vanilla, caramel, and dried fruit flavors. Uh, I know people that exclusively use this to mix other things into it and age them in their own barrels. So hmm. again, it's a good starter. It's a good starter bourbon. And you can, if you want to play around with it, you can. You could probably add it to infinity balls and that other things too, but it's up to up to you. 
so we're talking about starter whiskeys. This was literally my starter whiskey. Like I, you know, buying a, a like a handle of it and pouring it because I, you know, you're 21 ish right. and you're dumb because you know that's just how it goes. Uh, but I was mixing, you know, cup of ice, cup of bourbon, and that's how I learned how to drink bourbon because you know mm. it's bourbon's an acquired taste. I mean, it's it is. There's a lot of flavors there. Some of them are good. Some of them are. You know, like I don't like, yeah, let's say I don't like bourbon, but uh, some of them are stringent, some of them are like grassy. So you just kind of like mm. learn what you like, what, what you don't. So, yeah, you know, that's why if you listen to early shows, I'm like, I love a, you know, a vanilla bomb because <laughs> Jim Dean is like eight tenths vanilla. I mean, it's like vanilla syrup with some alcohol mixed into it and some other flavors. But yeah, if you consider Jim Beam to be sugary or sweet, I started with Jack Daniels, which is really sweet compared to. Mm. Because it I, and it doesn't make this list because it's a sour mash, but it's a lot sweeter. And again, uh, you, what you're exposed to, Jack and Coke, Jack and Lemonade, Jack and Ginger Ale. So that's what I had first. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. And I had, but I had it mixed first. I didn't have it straight. And when I got into bourbons, it was a, or straight whiskey, it was a little bit of a shell shock for me. Yeah, I, I would say that if if you have become, you know, if, if, you're, if you're fairly new to the world of bourbons or whiskeys or anything like that. And it's been maybe, you know, six months to a year since you've done it, uh, go back uh, and, and try what you started out with. And, and you will notice the difference, you know, if, if like, like the three of us, like if I'm not saying, you know, we're, we're snobs or anything to it, but you know, I am, I, I, I drink, you know, I, I drink, you know, single malts, I drink nice things. And then if you go back and you sit there and you, and you try to sip some gym or you, or something like that. You're you're going to notice it and you're going to think to yourself, "What is this swill that I'm drinking?" It's it's wow. it's just a similar process to, you know, if if you were going to start out with a cigar and you're going to start out with like a 50 gauge Maduro, you could be you know, versus something light like a Candela Rapa, for example, you know, or if you were going to the same thing with wine, if you're going to just the first wine that you ever had is like you know a hardcore Merlot or something like that, and starting instead of starting off with something sweet or milder you know you, you got to work your way up sometimes but when you go back to what you started out with you'll you'll notice the difference and you'll at least me that that's how it was with me um and i was like oh my god what was this swill that i was putting into my body so you know old pappies or uh you know you know something like that you know grandpa's kisses or whatever grandpa's the hell it is. Kisses. you know something like that um grandpa yeah, you're, you're gonna, kisses yeah you're gonna, you're gonna notice you're gonna notice the difference i think so have, you know, I just, just have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. That coming in hot. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. completely agree. hundred percent. Grandpa kisses. <laughs> if I ever start a bourbon, if I ever get a chance to label a bourbon, I'm going to label it that. Ah, uh, shit. Grandpa kisses. Not to be confused with uncle kisses, which is completely inappropriate. Yeah, but that's completely inappropriate. <clears throat> moving on uh, from Jim Beam. Quickly. Let's move on to Maker's Quickly. Mark. Maker's uh. Mark. Now, this is kind of divisive. I it like is Maker's Mark. It's so fucking expensive. Language, Greg's. Greg Scott hosts a everybody, <laughs> so uh, say- everybody, everybody gets one. Just one. Everybody gets one. I used my three already. But, sorry. No, go ahead, please. No. Yeah, I, I know. And again, I started with Makers-ish, you know, in that same realm, the beginning, because it's expensive. It's like 40 bucks a bottle. And so you're like, man. Is that 50? It's like 35, isn't it? No, it. Maybe no. 30s, maybe, but not 40. Okay. I'm not the handle, maybe. Google yeah. this. Yeah, please, because I I don't remember it being that, but then again, I 
I don't know, but I don't. I remember it being in the 30s, maybe, unless you're thinking 46, which is probably <laughs> in the 40s. Maker's 46 is a definitely is a more like it's a lot more like elite product than the, the regular maker. And while you're looking that up, I like makers. Um, it's the let it breathe. Uh, I, I do need some ice with it, to be fair. I like maybe a cube of ice and let it sit for a minute then sip it. But I, I like Maker's Mark. Uh, I'm not saying it's the best bourbon around, but it's a good starter again to, to figure out, okay, I want to move on to something that may be a little bit more complicated and then kind of sample that and then see, hey, okay, I think I'm not sure of this and move on to maybe Rise or something, but that would, that would be my take on Maker's, just the, the plain Maker's Mark whiskey. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at VABC, which is, you know, Virginia is a state controlled thing. So it's all state prices, good or bad. Uh, 35 bucks for a 750 for The huh. uh, um, Up rocks, average price, $28 is hmm. what it's saying here. So maybe again, Virginia, it varies from state to state. Uh, Florida is a free market. Uh, Virginia is controlled. So I don't know. It's It's strange. Know. Yeah, I just think for the and you know, sorry, diverge. The price point's high for what you're getting, is my opinion, and okay. I will not say anything more about it. No, it's. I mean, it's not fair. I mean, I again, I'm not trying to argue with you. I just, again, everything is taste uh, is is subjective for everybody, and some people don't like it. Makers, I know people that love makers and that will drink almost nothing else but makers. I remember being at. I think flight pig some uh, with Disney Springs, and uh, I think the pe people were with like, "Oh yeah, all I drink is Makers on the Rocks." I'm like, okay, there are better yeah. bourbons here, uh, for yeah. sure. So it's here, a, let me get you something else. You have Buffalo Trace. Shit. Let me get you some Buffalo Trace. You'll like that a lot better. Not to, not to crap on Makers, but, but, but yeah, again, taste is subjective. So but, hey, yeah, hey. different. Yeah, it's not something I would want to just sit there and, and sip probably, unless I had no other options. But for a mixer. It's great. If you want the, if you're like me and you like your mixed drinks to taste like booze, to let that boozy flavor come through, then I think it's great for that. You know, you definitely, it's not something that you drink and you're like, oh, you know, I don't taste anything. It's, I don't know. I, I like that boozy flavor in a mm. mixed drink. So I think for mixed, yeah, makers are great to sit there and just sip on it. Eh, I don't know. It's like when we were all in high school drinking Boone's Farm and we thought we were fancy and it's just... I don't know. That's yeah. just, I'm not saying it's in, I'm not saying it's it's the you know the equivalent of Boone's Farm. I'm not saying it's the Boone's Farm of whiskeys or anything like that. I'm trying to think of a whiskey that's like sorry. And by high school, we mean 21 years older. Order. Yeah. Yes. I, well, I failed a couple grades, so that was my senior year of high school. <laughs> right. I don't know about you guys. Over that's two right. years, a eighth year senior. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's keep moving here. Sonoma Straight Bourbon. I have not had this. Uh, let's see. Apparently. Based on the name, I'm assuming it's from California. Yeah, I'm completely unprepared because I, I read that the uh, Colin Keegan, the founder of Santa Fe Spirits in Santa Fe, New Mexico, why this bourbon, uh, Sonoma's Distilling Straight Bourbon Whiskey at 92 proof. It's a classic bourbon with sweet toffee and vanilla notes. I couldn't tell you what it tastes like. I couldn't tell you where it's from. I guess, yeah, you're right. It is California. I don't think California whiskey or bourbon went in the same sentence, but mm. if you could find it, I, I would try it for sure. But again, the average price is $47 per bottle. I'm like, well, that's a little uh, bit expensive for a starter. For a starter, yeah. Well, I guess that's a conversation though, isn't it? Like, do you start, not even like the the trying to get the price again. Bourbon's complex. Uh, we've mm -hmm. had many great bourbons that are very complex. We have very simple bourbons that are 
you know, three notes and done. Right. So mm. yes, as a starter, you're probably not going to get all the great flavors on it, but do you want to start at a higher end? I don't know. I don't know where that's an appropriate. I don't think so because on. you don't know what you're looking for when you're first starting out, you know, you're just, at least mm. I don't think you, you know, most people do. It's just, right. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if, uh, if I see it, I'll, I may pick up a bottle, but yeah, I, I have not seen it on the East coast again, but again, this is a national article, so it may not be available on the East coast, but, uh, let's keep an eye out for it. Uh, moving on to one. I do know wild Turkey one Oh one. Yeah. Wild Turkey. <laughs> now oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. someone who has, I've drank the original wild Turkey. I have, have had the one Oh one. I've judged it harshly in the past, but then again, I was probably shooting it and not Oof. sipping it. Let's see here. This person is Bobby Finian, 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 co-founder of Tommy Rotter Distillery in Buffalo, New York. Uh, the average price is twenty-six dollars for a seven fifty, which is a very good price point. Mm -hmm. uh, while Turkey One Hundred One is not a big investment, and will give a curious bourbon newbie a look into the world of aged spirits. It can be consumed on the rocks and mixes great into a cocktail. Think of One Hundred One as your introductory seminar. It has basic vanilla, caramel, and charred oak profile. I will say that that's true. To show a new bourbon drinker the ropes. <laughs> If you can, I'll say this: If you can drink Bert, if you can drink Wild Turkey One Hundred One and not gag, you are in the club. <laughs> because this, it does have great notes. If you sip it, let it breathe, maybe put an ice cube in there. Ice cube but at three. Yeah. If you shoot it, you you it will be rough on your first shot. Yeah, and I just want to plug the guy was like, it's Wild Turkey One Hundred One, and said something about you know education, like college or whatever. I don't know. I heard a allusion to. Uh, because like college 101, this is like psychology 101, mm. bourbon 101, you know. Anyway, it's a random rant that I thought was kind of funny. No, that's interesting, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, Wall Street's been around forever, and uh, forever. they've got they've got some other things on there that like rare breed is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's another one too, I, I haven't had, but um, yeah, Wall Street's been around forever, and again, it's a good, it's a good, that's a good starter bourbon, especially for the price point. It's gonna be tart. It's gonna to be tough to beat a twenty-six dollar price point on a seven fifty. That's not garbage water. <laughs> wow! Wait, wait, twenty-six dollars? Is that what you said? It says, yeah. Well, twenty-six dollars will buy if you can find it. Will buy Buffalo Trace, though. You know, that's true. But Which you can't. Is gonna be... How do you find? It's uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Market demand. Yeah, yeah. It's I same. mean, worst case scenario, you've just got you know some aftershave that you could use. So you know, all right, win-win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna match your twenty six dollars to a little upcharge. We'll skip down to the uh, four roses small batch, which is what thirty two bucks. And uh, I've that's I've actually, delicious. Yeah, it really is. It's a really nice bourbon for thirty two dollars. It's kind of a steal, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, it's smooth. Got a, like a really nice mouthful. Lots of vanilla. Again, I like the vanilla, so that's just my body. I got it right here in my hand. Actually, I'll tell you exactly what I get off of that some bitch. <laughs> a little bit of corn a little bit of maybe a little bit of fruit there's no roses though you know i mean that's it's kind of yeah it's it's i don't know the, the four roses in the past was was one of those very astringent ones um in my opinion like you know where you smell it and it singed your nose hairs but the small batch smelling it right now you can take a nice deep breath and you can, you know, you get, it's boozy, but it's not, it doesn't burn. You sit there and you let it open up and it gets just, it just, it just gets better. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think Flores has kind of stepped up their game um, with the small batch. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Like, Flores is good. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a little. It doesn't have any. Um, it doesn't have any burn on it. It's just a nice. It's just a nice, nice yeah. semi-complex, uh, you know, bourbon. Yeah. And, and 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 I will say though, also because it's ninety proof, it does not drink like it's ninety proof at all. It's very smooth for ninety proof. Mm. It's got nice legs on it too, as I'm looking at it right now. Nice. Hey, just like to mention the, the ones that were, yeah, legs are great. Legs are pretty good. Yeah, she got legs. Just to run over the ones that, like, that I didn't get a chance to mention. Old Forester is on on there. That's another good one. Uh, Michter's, which, uh, again, that's more of a high price bourbon. I wouldn't say it's a, a first drinker, but it, you can work up to it. I because I like Michter's. And then, uh, and then uh, there's one on here that we've tried on the show before. Uh, just to kind of round this out, Evan Williams Green Label. Which apparently is still around. Isn't I, that the ride? I thought they killed it. But I thought okay. they killed it too because I'm, uh, yeah. Um, it didn't, I mean, then again, we may have had a contaminated sample, but it tastes like cardboard. And that probably was what happened because once air gets into a sample of bourbon or and even beer, it does the same thing to that too. So, I mean, sure, if you want to try, if you can find Evan Williams Green Label that's sealed, try it. But I, I will not drink it again, but that's just me. Yeah, that might have been a user error on our part, but you know, true. But hey, I mean, hey, it's Evan Williams. Evan, I've never heard nothing bad about Evan Williams Black label. So hey, try that again. It's another some level with Jim Beam. Uh, give it a shot. Try that for sure. And then uh, I think that rounds out the list. Well, don't much. don't give it a shot. You don't want to do that to yourself. Right, sip, sip, not shot. Yeah. You're right. Give it a sip, not a shot. You're right. Good call. For sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to round out the bourbon portion of the show. We're going to quickly move in to the end portion and then the silent B. So we uh, like hearing from our audience. We love hearing from our audience, I should say, right? So there are many ways of contacting us. We have a website, which shall not be named because it's been in purgatory for about two years now, but it's a BBB cod, <laughs> BBB podcast. BBB codpiece.net. Yes, yep. go there. I'll see what happens. Go there. Dot Merkin. <laughs> We, uh, we also have the Facebook. You can find us on there. Brews, beards, Brews, and Bourbons. What else do we have, Jim? We also have the Twitterverse on Twitter at Bourbon Beards, all one word. Oh, and before I forget, uh, we do have a paid section of our podcast on Patreon.com. Uh, go to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. Yeah, I... I, I it's bees. The bees get me every time. The bees got yeah. me again! Oh, no. uh, <laughs> beers brews and bourbons dot com dot net oh my god it's falling apart it's coming off the rails all right uh but yeah if you want to throw us a couple shekels go to beers bourbons brews on patreon we are on there just find us out we are on there if you want to throw again a couple dollars our way because we are all poor broke and we need some help I'm laughing over here. I'm like, please, uh, a little a bit more porridge, a little bit more beer. Please, sir, I'd like some more. Yes, sir. All right, if you want to stay tuned to your silent B, it's coming up right after this. If not, thanks for listening to the podcast. I am your host, Jay Beaverton, along with Gregory Scott and Iris Giant. See you on the silent B. Thanks for listening.
All right, everyone. Hope you listened to that music and enjoyed it. That is the end of the show for the first part. Now we are in the silent B, which is all the parts of the show that don't really fit. Also, maybe slightly rated R because we do drop some F-bombs every once in a while. And Irish Giant sometimes gets way too explicit. We keep warning him. He doesn't listen. No, he does not. Yeah, it's kind of my thing. So I'm just going to hand it off. AI art. Well, you could use AI to generate an NFT. So you, you know. could. Yeah, you're right. Um, the NFTs are still around, but they're not as as prevalent as they were. In fact, a lot of the original ones are selling for like at least a quarter of what they were worth. It, it's kind of pathetic. And I and I, I kind of sit back and laugh at the dudes who are like, oh, the NFTs and oh, they're great. But then again, that could be a sign of if you want to get into the deep. <laughs> with cats meowing in the background and cats and dogs yeah. living together yeah. massive yeah. area if you want to get into the deep section of uh cryptocurrency everything's down right now because the, the economy's down uh people are scared we're gonna get into a recession but anyway let's not talk about that let's talk about ai art ai art which is uh i've seen a lot more on twitter and it's been horrifying because they've got this weird panel thing where they'll do like, it's like a panel of like three and three, nine, nine panels of like, hey, put this character into a TV show and it'll kind of warp the character into like this. The other thing I saw, they put Santa Claus on Star Trek episodes, which was strange. And I'm like, okay, why would you do that? And then, okay, put this person as Captain Kirk instead of uh, William Shatner. And again, that's kind of the weird stuff on Twitter that I follow. But there are websites, I don't have one in front of me, that where you type in three prompts, I believe. Type in three prompts, and those prompts will get you, okay, you say, I type in, okay, I like cats, uh, murder, and then uh, breakfast food. And then you'll have a cat holding a knife trying to eat a waffle. And the AI will make the art for you, like, visually, which is interesting too that's it's the the ai will interpret what you get and then and then it will draw from the internet or whatever image server it has to to kind of build that thing for you there's also like there's this big thing about like ai's writing scripts or fan fiction i know there's another article about a a dude it wasn't google it was some other company and like they tried to convince tried to convince the company that worked for that his ai was sentient and of course, right, he was saying that his AI is sentient and he was yeah. making a whole big thing of it, hired lawyer for it and shit. Other than that, I haven't been keeping up as much as I should have, other than deep fakes. But deep fakes is a different thing. Like other people have been doing deep fakes for, for a minute on like certain tube sites I won't mention. Well, here's a question for you, because like I said, I don't really know a whole, whole lot about it. So you go to you know the AI website or you download an app or whatever, you put in these prompts and it generates something and people artwork. Are you by accessing that website or by downloading that app? Are you basically saying, yeah, it's it's my input that's allowing you to generate this, but then you actually own the content? Like, so who is the actual? Or could you like like if I did like you said Star Trek Santa Claus and Ren and Stimpy or whatever, just something totally off the wall? It generates it, and then I sell that as an NFT. Do I own you know the intellectual property or intellectual copyright to that? Is that my artwork or? Are you by you know clicking on I accept and all this stuff giving away the rights to the software to the website to the app for them to potentially you, sell? No, that's a great question. Yeah, you probably are. Depending on what 
uh, I would say, just because I don't trust corporations of any type or, or form, you're probably giving away the rights to that product or of that content because most user agreements will say anything you create on here technically is our can be used on our server and like the same thing with a facebook account like a lot of that content they can they don't own but they they can use however they see fit so you may retain the rights to it like if you ever shut down your account and say hey i want to take my account down they may not no longer have the rights to your images but santa claus to use that example is such a a public domain image that there's not really a you can't claim santa claus is yours anyway but the article but the images you created could be considered yours however again their copyright comes into play with paramount and all that legal stuff so i would say that it's complicated Again, in the laws in the of, of America at least have not kept up with internet like memes and have not kept up with internet trends at all. So again, it would be a legal court fight. Cause I mean, I know Tarantino had a problem with like trying to sell NFTs of his scripts when uh, not Paramount, uh, Miramax said, Hey, wait a minute, those are ours. So we have the legal president to those. Yeah, it all depends on the user agreement that you sign, basically, is how I would break that down. Or just make something so disturbing that nobody would want to, you know, attach their right. their corporate name to it. That's true. But even then, they would still, we're still going to retain the rights to it. Uh, driving a Tesla that's on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, just something else with something else that's completely just undesirable. And, and maybe three wrongs make a right. Maybe they don't. I don't know, some kind of Elon Musk. Elon Musk as some kind of vampire draining the life from the Internet. Maybe something like that, but I get. I, but I think if you yeah. get if you get the right software, like <laughs> I'm a, MS Paint, I, that's the only reason. That's the only way software I can think of. But if you get the right software, you can do your own art and then input your own art through that server and then put it on web your own website and sell it for a, a buttload of money. So I mean, that's it's still out there because I mean, artists will always kind of find a way to, in my opinion kind of monetize their own art but the real thing will come where is it your art or is it the ai's art because at a certain point you're just giving it prompts and the ai if it's owned by a corporation again it goes back to like oh it's ours because we made the ai so the ai made the art therefore it's our art but no i gave it the idea to do it's 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 very murky right now and it's but again, that's the good and bad thing about the internet, that it's always going to be kind of uh, an open field and you never know what's going to happen next. So it'll just be interesting to watch. Like a box of chocolates. You never know you what, know you're, what gonna you're gonna get. <laughs> All right. So you guys actually brought up a lot of good points. Uh because there's a whole divide about, you know, is it art? Are you creating anything? Or is it just the machine spitting shit out? And it, to some extent, yeah, it's just spitting stuff out. But you're providing the prompt, you're providing the the insight, your your intuition, or whatever you want to say, to have Santa Claus being Kirk on Star Trek riding a sleigh. And so no one's doing that, but you are. But the other half is like, it's machine learning. It's all machine learning. And how do you do machine learning? Well, you give it a bunch of prompts and tell them, this is an image of a cat. This is an image of a dog. This is an image of Kirk. And then it has references to what those are. And so, I mean, these things are like scraping the internet for every image possible. 
So you're getting like this recursive kind of art that's based on things that are real that, you know, is it art at that point because it's using Sansa's information or looking at, you know, Dali or whoever and getting their influences. So I don't know. It's up in the air if it's art or not. I know artists are pissed off. Some artists are embracing it. I know that Getty Images, <laughs> there's like people selling their their art to Getty Images right now. It's all AI driven and they're selling it. How legal? I have no idea. Not a lawyer. <laughs> Not right. any kind of lawyer at all. Yeah. But it's uh, it's cool stuff. I mean, I saw someone making a making fun the other day about AI art, you know, when the voice of uh oh god, uh Bob Ross, you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna code some little trees now, you know, describe your trees and like you know, fur, whatever you're gonna describe it as. And so you're 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 putting prompts in there to get the art. So I I, I in some instances, I think that it is yours, but again, you're not actually making it. So mm. I don't know. It's a questionable statement. It's cool though. It's cool. It's cool shit, honestly. Oh yeah, um, sure. Yeah, we'll 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 see where it goes. I mean, it's it's only going to get bigger. It's not going anywhere for now. Uh, and I will say that it will stay around longer than NFTs. I'm making this prediction because NFTs are a thing. It's it's a blockchain and it's one static thing. AI art is is it's art it's always changing and evolving so we're definitely going to see it for a while yet well it's also accessible by a lot more people oh, yeah. um i think than your standard nft i mean anybody you could just you know be on the subway and do this you know or on the toilet drop it a deuce or whatever you know you, you can do it anywhere Charming. Charming. yeah you know you know you could do it you could be dropping a deuce and do an ai generated thing about something on the subway you know bring it all together oh yeah <laughs> Well, oh, some yeah. of these some of these websites, uh, I don't know the particular this particular one, uh, but they allow you to convert your AI generated art into an NFT. They'll like automatically help you help you with that, which is I don't know if it's a good thing for or a, a bad modest thing. commission. Yeah, for for a modest commission to drop some names of software if you guys want to play with this in general internet audience. There's Dolly Two, there's uh, Mid Journey, which is on Discord only. Hmm. Uh, there is stable diffusion, which is a new hotness that came out like within the last month or so. See, That's I haven't heard any of these. So they're all relatively cheap. Dolly has like a, a watered down version. That's free. Um, the other ones that cost a little bit of money, but they're still relatively cheap. But I'm old. I don't like new things. <laughs> oh God. Well, that was AI art and the fastest way possible. I don't know if it was enjoyable, but we we hammered through it pretty quick. Yeah, maybe Any closing time, thoughts, gentlemen. Next time, maybe we'll maybe we'll get more into it or like find it. Uh, there's a lot more to be had there, and then definitely we can. I'll do some more research on it because there's more art out there that I want to get into because uh, I love digital art. Uh, I I mean I love like retro like eight bit, sixteen bit video game art, and I'm sure there's out there that can be created by AI specifically. So. Oh yeah, uh, I'm do, definitely going to do more research. We'll definitely bring it up again for sure. Irish Giant. It's just kind of a gray area right now. Like who owns what, and is it going to stay around? I think, like you said, it's got a little bit more staying power, but only because of you know the the ease of access um, and the ease of use compared to you know a, an NFT. So yeah, I think it's got a little bit more staying power. Mm -hmm. Just don't use cryptocurrency to pay for your NFT generated from your AI. You may not have a choice because they, a lot of these guys deal in that. But again, that's in the conversation for another time. I accept payment 
in gold press latinum only <laughs> very good very good Ferengi. And i hope you guys enjoyed that that was a silent b where we mix things up get a little crazy we did a little a art <clears throat> ai art not art and uh, we hope you enjoyed it we'll dive down deeper next time uh if you have some ai art you want to send our way we do have all the social medias we've mentioned earlier you love seeing it um yeah i think that's going to do it for the show again i am greg scott i've had two awesome guys taking lead tonight we got who we got tonight jay beaverton the irish giant and that my friends is the show bye